in the world of freedom. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Ich bin ein Berliner. This is Radio Goethe Magazine with Arndt Peltner. News and information from the heart of Europe. Hello and welcome to Radio Goethe Magazine. I'm Arndt Peltner. In today's program we talk about the Berlin Airlift 60 years ago and I have some musical updates for you. So stay tuned. But first, the news. Radio Goethe Magazine. The news with Nina Paula. Berlin. Germany is to allow a video surveillance of private homes. Under the government proposals, federal police would be permitted to install hidden cameras or similar technical equipment in homes of innocent citizens to keep tabs on terror suspects. In the past, such measures were illegal. Current regulations call for police to turn off their equipment when suspects talk about private matters. A cabinet decision is expected this summer. Berlin. Some 40% of Germans are losing their faith in the political and economic system, a survey said. One out of three Germans does not trust their country's style of federalist democracy. Even fewer have faith in the system of social market economy. The study showed that 85% of Germans have the most faith in their police force and even in their daily life the Germans trust. Nearly 80% of all Germans said they begin their day with confidence. Berlin. A court in Berlin has given permission for the city to name a street after Rudi Dutschke, one of Germany's most famous student revolutionaries. A part of Kochstraße in the Berlin district of Kreuzberg will now be named after Dutschke. He died 11 years later as a result of the injuries he sustained in the 1968 shooting by a house painter with alleged right-wing sympathies. Dutschke's life and legacy were remembered earlier this month on the 40th anniversary of the shooting. Berlin. German doctors and politicians have called for a ban on cosmetic surgery for kids. Members of the leading coalition want to pass nationwide legislation that would ban certain cosmetic procedures for youngsters, such as breast enlargement. About 10% of the estimated 1 million beauty operations carried out annually in Germany are performed on people under 20 years old. In addition, the experts expressed concern about piercings and tattoos for those under 18 and also called for a ban on these practices. Munich Germany celebrates the anniversary of the beer purity law. The so-called Reinheitsgebot started 492 years ago. It strictly regulated the price and ingredients of beer at the start of the 16th century. In the Bavarian city of Ingolstadt, the law stated, in all cities, markets and in the country, the only ingredients used for the brewing of beer must be barley, hops and water. The Bavarian law became the basis for legislation that spread throughout Germany for the production of beer. Today we fly in 10,000 tons. In the words of Captain Henry Robinson, Air Force spokesman in Berlin, At midnight, the halfway mark, we had exceeded 6,000 tons. Favored with excellent flying weather, with a plane landing in Berlin every 60 seconds, At 2 a.m. And with eight hours still to go, we'd already shattered the old record. As an indication of the significance of this feat, 
12,000 tons a day, day in and day out, would mean for Western Berlin a living standard higher than at any time since the end of the war. It's almost an understatement to say that today's record set by over 1,300 flights is one of the more remarkable examples of the coordination of men and machines. As for the political significance, it's felt if this doesn't prove to the Russians the futility of their blockade, nothing will. The Berlin Airlift stands for the foundation of the German-American relations, and this major event took place 60 years ago. For almost an entire year, Allied troops, Americans and British pilots landed around the clock in West Berlin to keep Berlin a free city. It was a massive undertaking that in the end was the first victory of the West in a beginning Cold War with the Soviet Union. Here is another audio clip, a report by Jürgen Graf and Peter Schulze, two reporters of Rias Berlin, who were flying with an American plane into Berlin in November of 1948. <laughs> Germans these days are celebrating the 60th anniversary of the Berlin Airlift. Most of all, it's to say thank you for the braveness and courage of American and British pilots who made the impossible possible to keep a huge city like West Berlin in 1948 alive. About the airlift, I talked to Carsten Tietz, Consul for Cultural Affairs at the German General Consulate in San Francisco. Mr. Tietz, Germans are still talking today about the Berlin airlift 60 years ago. Why was this so important? Uh, the Berlin airlift was important and is important to that day <clears throat> because it was the historic event where World War II enemies, Germany and the United States, became friends, where the planes that used to drop bombs on German cities um, all of a sudden uh, provided food um, and uh, coal for the starving population of Berlin that was um, encircled basically in Western Berlin by the Red Army, by East Germany and uh, the Soviet Union had blocked all the land and waterways to Berlin. And so the only way to feed 3.5 million people was by air. And that's what the U.S. Air Force and the British Air Force did for a period of almost a year and a half. And if ha they had not done that, um, the population of Berlin would have either starved to death or West Berlin would have fallen um, to the communists. And uh, as we all know, West Berlin remained free all through the Cold War thanks to um, this heroic American effort. Um, and this is the event that made Germany and American Americans become friends um, ever since. Why was Berlin so important to the United States? Berlin was a frontline city in the Cold War and in 1948 was already the first beginnings of the Cold War and um, Berlin was one city that according to the Potsdam Agreement after the Second World War was divided in four sectors, three western and one uh, eastern Russian sector um, and um, I think President Truman at the time knew um, that even giving up three-fourths of one city um, is giving in to the communist threat. And um, so everybody um, stood 
uh, up against uh, this aggression of blocking Berlin and decided um, we will start to defend freedom right here, right now. How did the Soviets react when West Berlin was supplied by air? Well, the Soviet Union uh, blocked Berlin and led to this crisis, um, which uh, made it a necessity for the Americans and the British to supply uh, Berlin by air. Um, the Soviets, of course, were hoping that um, they could only do that for a few weeks, and then the population of West Berlin would be so uh, starving and desperate um, that the whole of West Berlin would fall prey um, to the Soviet Union, which did not happen. After one and a half years, the population of West Berlin was still holding out. Um, the friendship between um, America and Germany became stronger and stronger. And after one and a half years, the Soviets realized um, they're not going to win this. And so they withdrew and opened um, the roads and waterways again um, and basically conceded their defeat and the battle for Berlin. The blockade went on for almost a year. There are these famous pictures of kids waving to the incoming planes at Berlin Airport in Tempelhof. But how did the Berlin population deal with these hard circumstances? Nobody in West Berlin at that time wanted to give in to the Russians. Um, also, nobody would have expected um, that the Americans, who after all, had been the enemies in the war that only ended three years before, um, <clears throat> would uh, start such a massive humanitarian uh, um, campaign to save the people of West Berlin. And I believe that is really the point where, um, in the minds of all Germans, um, the former enemies um, became friends, because nobody would have expected a, a, a World War enemy um, to just turn around and save the population. And this is why this is such uh, a unique historic event um, that uh, well, with the consequences of which we still feel until today. Is this 60th anniversary also celebrated in the United States? Um, it is also celebrated in the United States. There are, um, <clears throat> there's the um, Berlin Airlift Veterans Association here in the United States. And um, there are other groups that restore the old planes that used to um, supply West Berlin. And I think, um, especially within the Air Force uh, here, um, there's a lot of um, remembrance and uh, a lot of pride about this um, very successful, enormous humanitarian action. You have to imagine um, that <clears throat> in the end of the airlift, the planes brought in more than 19,000 tons of goods per day. 19,000 tons, and imagine that in 1948, how much could one of these planes carry? Um, planes were landing every three minutes around the clock in Berlin. This is a massive campaign. Right now there's a big movement in Berlin to close down Tempelhof Airport, the major hub for this airlift. Is there anything today that remembers these blockade days in Berlin? Oh yeah, um, the pilots and um, other Air Force personnel um, who gave their lives to save Berlin, they will always be remembered. There's a big memorial um, in Berlin. Um, the Aleph Memorial near the Tempelhof Airport. That was one of the three airports in Berlin at the time, the one that the Americans used um, uh, to bring in supplies. 
and um, there are regular memorial uh, services, usually every uh, five or ten years of the airlift anniversary. This year we have the 60th um, anniversary. And also here at the German Consulate General in San Francisco, we are trying to um, um, help remember um, the events and the people who died um, during the airlift. Especially we will do that this year with a memorial concert um, on May 2nd at 8 p.m. at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in San Francisco. It's a classical concert, um, and it is world-famous conductor Kent Nagano, a Bay Area native who is now um, the musical director of the Bavarian State Opera in Munich, um, will conduct the Berkeley Symphony together with the German um, National Youth Orchestra. They will play together, and we will honor uh, all the airlift veterans from the Bay Area who will be in attendance and who will be honored on stage um, for their um, achievements and for their contribution to the airlift and German-American friendship, which really goes together. How would you describe the Berlin airlift? Was it just a major undertaking or even an event with historical importance? It's a major event and it is a historical event at the same time. Um, it is 60 years ago, um, so the large majority of the German population was not born at the time the airlift happened. But um, as a part of uh, history, uh, teaching in high schools and colleges in Germany, everybody is aware um, of this very uh, critical moment um, in German post-war history. So everybody knows what has happened. And I believe that um, the very close German-American friendship uh, until today um, is really based on um, the Berlin airlift. This is really the, the foundation and the starting point. And then it grew over time, um, being allies throughout the Cold War. Um, but this is really uh, the fundamental uh, starting point of German-American friendship after World War II. For more information and current events on the Berlin Airlift, please go to germany.info.
right now some music news for you, reaching from German rock to country and electronica. But first an interesting sound project from East Germany called Rasta Noton that will perform several live shows in the US and Canada in mid-May. Three artists of Rasta Noton will perform individually and collectively as Signal. These artists are considered by many to be some of the most important and influential individuals working within the field of experimental electronic audiovisual performance today. For more info about the tour dates, go to rasta-noton.net. In my view, Tomte is currently one of the most interesting German-language pop-rock bands. Their refreshing sound, colorful lyrics and straightforward presentation of their songs makes them a driving force in the independent German music scene. Tomte are highly engaged in their music and strive to reach their audience with a message. Their brand new album is called Buchstaben über der Stadt, released once again on Grand Hotel Van Cleef Records, also home to Ketka or Band Begemann. Here are Tomte from their brand new CD with Ich sang die ganze Zeit von dir. Alien is one of the most influential and successful players in the Berlin electronic music scene. Her music is open and she incorporates the different styles of electronica into her sound. Ellen has founded her own label B-Pitch Control, which features such artists as Sascha Funke and Apparat. 
Alien is on a current world tour, coming to the US and Canada as well to promote her latest album. For all tour dates, just visit her MySpace site at ellenalienbpc. Now a radical change-up on this Goethe Institute podcast, from the Berlin electronica queen Ellen Alien to country rock made in Nuremberg. Smokestack Lightning is the name of this outstanding formation that brings the sound of the West to Franconia and beyond. Their openness to the genre, their fun in playing and their energy has made them popular with fans outside the country genre as well. Smokestack Lightning were very quickly well known as a great live act all over Germany. Recently they released their latest album Heads of Agreement, a great country rock album that will also find enthusiastic fans over here in the United States. This is Seven Years. Seven years since you stepped into my life. Seven years where I felt that you won't be my wife. We had laughed and tears we had had joint pain. together.
Finally today we head over to Erfurt. The city is not well known for its music scene, but a closer look reveals that there's a lot going on. The most successful band from Erfurt is Northern Light. They even founded their own record label First Decade to release their material plus some of their close friends. Northern Light have created an interesting techno and electronic pop mix, underlined by the salient voice of singer and songwriter Andreas Kubert. And their live performances are full of energy. Recently they released their album Super Black, this is Liar of it. That brings me to the end of today's Radio Goethe magazine. You can find us and our free podcast online at radiogoethe.org. The podcast is also available through iTunes. Thanks for listening, I'm Arndt Peltner. That's why I'm always true There's nothing to forgive It's on me and you But before we go You should know that I love you